Welcome one and all to episode 63 of the Coffee and Code cast, the tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. This is actually 63 and a half. 63. <laughs> I'm redo. Kyle Johnson. The 63 redo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is Mike Sheehan. Thanks for joining us tonight, everybody. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, upcoming show schedules. We've got some changes coming up a little bit, some guests coming on. Kyle's out of town, some of that fun stuff. We'll briefly touch on last week's show. There's not a whole lot of good stuff to say about it. And uh, really want to talk about some tech news and topics. Uh, really about tech uh, and its impact on the big city. Like uh, San Francisco, Salesforce, and Amazon. As far as like not paying taxes and the implications of that for, for uh, pushing people out of the cities. So I think that's an interesting discussion that's been showing up in the news a lot lately. Big tech. Is that big, a thing? Big tech. Big pharma. Big tech. Big, big data, banking. Yeah. Big. Yeah. Big whopper. Big tech. Big whopper. I do want to talk about the whopper. Did you see the? Did you see the? The ad that they have now. Um, the moldy whopper. <laughs> no. Yeah, dude. It's um. It's not related to. Christine's on with us tonight. Hey, Christine. It's it's great to see you back. It's been a while. Um. Yeah. So it's not not related to the impossible whopper, of course. You know the the plant based whopper, but this is just um, a new marketing campaign uh, around freshness and, and I guess promoting healthier options. So like right now the big push is like we're preservative free. And so Burger King removed preservatives from its Whopper and they show in their new ad, it's um, a time-lapse over 34 days of the Whopper, very fresh <laughs> and green breaking down. And then 34 days later, it's just like really nasty looking moldy well, bird. Then now that's from like supersize me, right? Because wasn't that a thing of like the McDonald's fries? He left like the entire time he did supersize me back in the day. Yeah. He, he left like a, a, a box of fries to see if they ever would decompose. And they just like remained exactly the same that, as if they were never, never uh, out in the air. Like that was the, that was the problem, right? Like they have that there's, people that did their own science experiments with burgers. And so somebody was in, it was in the news recently, like the 20 year old cheeseburger from McDonald's or something like they 20 had, years. It's like 10 years. To, it's many, many years. And they keep coming back to it every few years. And it still looks the same. <laughs> like, it hasn't changed. Yep. And you eat that. So, yeah, like, so that's, that, those are some of the fun tidbits that you only learn about on the Coffee and Code cast. That's right. It's dinner time in much of the world, so yeah. enjoy your burgers. Enjoy your moldy Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> you have 34 days to eat it. Yep. I wouldn't recommend waiting too long, though. Well, welcome back to the show, man. This is, like we said, this is episode number 63, 63 and a half. 63 and a half, only because I hope, I hope nobody was on last week. If you were, then I, I want to apologize to you. Um. Yeah, last week. So I'll just give you like the synopsis of it. And there's there's nothing good really to say other than, you know, I had the, a week ago Wednesday. I had been working at that point for 10 days straight. So the, the weekend prior, we had a lot of uh, compliance work Friday night, Saturday all day for like 12 hours, Sunday for eight hours. And, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to do a little HH last weekend. So I was a little bound up, I guess you could say. Under really tight pressure, right? Yeah. Like you were getting uh, heavy pressure from, from other outside entities um, uh, that, that could cause like some pretty severe ripple effects if you didn't complete the work that you guys were trying to complete. That's right. Yeah. We, we do an internal audit on our systems to make sure that we're compliant. And then we do a lot of preparation for the actual audit, which is an, an outside party, a third company company excuse me, a third party company comes in and evaluates our work. And so we want to be as buttoned up as we can before that big audit happens. And there were some um, potential holes that we had to try to fill, see if we could come up with more information, more data. And so that was the scramble over the weekend. And so it just didn't start out in a good place. So it was a lot of people putting a lot of effort in over the weekend to get that done. And then boom, fast forward to Monday, we're back at it again. It's a, it's a pretty busy week. Things are in swing. And trying to take some time off for the work, but Monday wasn't a good day. And Tuesday wasn't a good day. And so Wednesday was kind of the de facto day that I ended up taking off. Right. And uh, a group of us went out to a team lunch, and it just kind of devolved from there. Like, yep, there was a lot of beer can openings. And the, the beverages, the bevies were flowing at lunch <laughs> on Wednesday, and they didn't stop a-flowing 
to through the podcast. Yeah, until the right, you know, five minutes before the podcast started. Five minutes before. So yeah, it was. Um, it, suffice it to say, it was a pretty big disaster on my part. I was uh, not in a great place to be doing any pod- pod- podcasting <laughs> Wednesday night. And so um, yeah, it was definitely a, a spicy, spicy or saucy or both. How would you describe it? I guess. You, you, slurry. Slurry episode. Yeah. Episode slurry. So anyway, we're not going to publish that one. <laughs> that one's going into the archives. That one's going into uh, the vault. Yeah, nobody ever can find it. That one's going into the garbage disposal. So 63 and a half is the official episode 63 of the Coffee and Codecast. Yeah, you should publish it 63 and a half. That's fine. I don't think I have that. I mean, I can make that the title, but I don't, I don't really have the ability to. You can't do that on Spotify. Make halves like on the uh, podcast feed. Yeah, that's right. So, so if you're wondering where the episode from last week was, it's it's not available on Facebook. It's not available on YouTube or anywhere else. And we've deleted the. It'll be in the Time Life collection, like in 2085, <laughs> in the in the vault that somebody opens up a hundred years from now. In the archives, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Christina wasn't anything fun. I guarantee you, you didn't miss anything at all. <laughs> if you know a lot about boob jobs, uh, that's that's all you missed. Well, and that was the other problem too, man. Is that like the same time the show's happening? I've already had a few bevies. <laughs> I'm in a really good place. And then I'm, I'm also the, um, I'm the student, I'm the former student body president of my school. And we're having our 20 year reunion this year. It's been 20 years. 20 years. Believe God damn it, we're old. We're getting old. We're getting old now. Really old. Like I could have, I could have a, a child in uh, high school right now. Some of my, some of my colleagues, some of my peers have children in high school right now. It's crazy, man. And, um, because I was in student senate and I was the president there, like it's it's partly kind of like unofficially my responsibility to at least be a part of the planning process. And so I, there's a team of us doing it. It's not just me. But uh, anyway, last Wednesday, some of the some of my former classmates were asking me about what the plans are for the reunion, and I really have just kicked off the process. I'm just trying to find a weekend to do it right now. Uh, and on top of that, they were just saying, suggesting that, oh, it's the 20 year. What do we do for that? Like, we all got to get boob jobs and facelifts now and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so I was while we were on the show, those texts were flying in and I was just I was in such a good place. I thought it'd be so fun to share that with everybody on the pot, coffee and Codecast. five times. I kept repeating myself a few times. <laughs> apparently, You didn't listen back through it, though. Oh, I'll never listen to Neither it. Neither did I, to be fair. Don't listen to it. Yeah. I like, that's the thing about that. Like, I know that I was in a bad enough place that I, the only thing I really remember is like the look in your face, like just the disgust. I don't think it was disgust. It was just like, I don't know. What do I, I do? Here? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How do I keep this shit on the like, rails? <laughs> like this guy is all over the damn place and I've got another 55 minutes left of this bullshit. Yep. How am I going to, how am I going to keep this up? And we bashed through it too, dude. Like we had a pretty hef- hefty show notes, but like just boom, rapid fire went through it. And I was like, all like right, five minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to talk about here. Uh, 20 year reunion, boob jobs. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, man. That's terrible. So yeah, that, there's, there's the information on the, uh, the episode. So don't expect to see episode 63 Part proper yeah. 63 and a half. Uh, will come out, you know, on the yeah, regular probably, case, it's probably Saturday. Probably, oh yeah, steak dinner for that one, man. Yeah, but we'll survive. Um, so I did have some um, show news that I wanted to quickly follow up upon. We did do this last week as well. Yeah, um, but I thought we could talk about it again because it's 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 a fun one. It's kind of new to me actually. So this is good. <laughs> what do we have here? Well, as you know, uh, erotic photo hunt. It's a it's a reoccurring bit here on the uh, Coffee and Code Cast. Yeah, yeah. Where like many people ask us, where do we find such entertainment? Well, I mean, we talked about it a million times. So, I mean, it's just something that people now naturally, they want to go out and find it. How yeah. do I play this game that you guys keep talking erotic about? Erotic photo hunt, yeah. Well, we have good news. We're embracing erotic photo. Well, I guess some more background on this. Yeah. As, as I've told you before, erotic photo hunt is our number one SEO search term to find the coffee and code cast. Did we talk about splotchy incidents? Yes, we did. <laughs> there you go. But go ahead and recap because, again, we're not releasing the 63 proper. Well, I love it because it's, it's, it's an accident. It's accidental, right? It's one of those situations where you're trying really hard for a particular goal. In this case, we just want to promote the show and get it out there. And it happens in the weirdest way. And so, um, you know, I, don't, I won't mention the name of the company. Um, I'll protect the innocent. But we, we had a pretty... Uh, we have a very extensive search engine optimization campaign. Like we have thousands and thousands of pages. Like maybe I think we have well over 10,000 pages of content 
on our on our company site now that you can search all kinds of things related to insurance and um, you name it. We've got a, an article about it and it's out there in Google. You can find it on, in Google Land or Bing or whatever. The number one uh, hit for us, and it's been this way for a long time. I don't know if it's still the case, but like a few years back anyway, somebody wrote an article years and years ago on the on the company page and they titled it Splotchy Incidents. <laughs> and I don't even know what it talks about. What does it even talk about? Did you look this up? Uh, I'm going to look right now. Let me Google splotchy. But for some reason, like this article, whatever the hell it talks about, drew a ton of traffic on Google. And it got our site ranked pretty high up in the search listings. We are number one for splotchy incidents. I mean, it's incredible, <laughs> dude. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, I'm not even sure what, what a splotchy incident article is. The article is titled, Car Insurance for Bad Drivers with Tickets or Accidents. <laughs> Let me find out where splotchy is re- referenced here. I think it's just in the... It's not even in there. It's just somehow the name of the title or the... The word splotchy is not even in there. It's in the URL, I think. Car insurance for people with tickets or... This is mind-blowing to me. No, it's not even, not even in the title. So who knows where this, what the origin is. But that was the name of the page or something in there. It's, that was the title at one point. And now it's like one of the number one responses we come back with on Google for the company. Yeah. Top article, this thing draws, I don't even know how much money we make off of it. We make a lot of money off of that page <laughs> because people keep finding us through weird places through that page. All right. And so it's kind of like this is our splotchy incident is the erotic photo hunt. We mentioned it a few times. We put it into the, you know, every show, once the show is over, you kind of put a little blurb together on the coffeecodecast.com and you put some notes into the metadata so that when it goes out to Apple and Spotify and TuneIn or whatever it is, like that information's transferred over and it's indexed and searchable, right? So for some reason, erotic photo hunt now happens to be the number one search term. There we is come a- up in the search there. Yeah. Well, actually, no, that's not true anymore. It's number three last year. Number three. I lied. Spin Coffee, number one. Spin's number one. Spin, no, of course, that's spin easy. Spin Coffee Update, number two. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually fucking hilarious. Yep. Spin Coffee Update. Followed by Erotic Photo and Erotic Photo Hunt. <laughs> oh, wow. So people looking for Erotic Photo, Erotic Photo Hunt might be coming to us. We should so, just be the Erotic Photo cast. I don't know. Maybe we should rebrand a little bit. Uh, Where we talk about neither erotica or photos. Okay. Yeah. Or the same theme. Photo right? hunts. <laughs> photo um, hunts <laughs> right. So, yeah, we've decided to go ahead and uh, embrace our uh, fame of erotic photo hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've created a directory. So, if you have a location that you find out in the wild where you can play erotic photo hunt, share it with your friends. You must have had a, a quiet weekend. What are you talking about? Putting this directory together. I'm trying to get us SEO. Yeah. SEO points here. I, I so appreciate that, man. You're always like looking out for the cast. So currently the, uh, the list, you can go to uh, coffeecodecast.com slash erotic dash photo dash hunt. Wow. Or just go to the webpage and there is a link at the top for erotic photo hunt. <laughs> It'll bring you to a state by state directory. Currently there are only two entries, but <laughs> I was trying to figure it out because I clicked on Alaska or something and I got like the state of Alaska welcomes you homepage. Yeah, see, you gave me kudos about putting all this page together. That's because I copied and pasted the states from some other website, and they're linking off Son to their website. So don't click on the state names. Scroll down to the bottom. <laughs> You'll find some uh, Nelly's Neil's Bar and Grill and the Four Bs in Ballard. Yeah, Confer- the Four Bs confirmed in locations. You should have put the original location, which is uh, Al- uh, Alvarado's. But is it Cosmos. confirmed that it's still playable there? Not confirmed. See, we can't put it on there. The good news is, though, if you have a location that you know where you can play, there is a link there. You can add it. Yeah. So it'll it'll go to a little spreadsheet that we have. I'll add it to the website. Boom. We've got our directory of erotic photo hunt locations. I wonder what Kim thinks about that. That's amazing. She's on, too. I just wanted to do that because I saw her come on. Well, welcome, Kim. Hey, Kim. Uh, if you know where to play erotic photo hunt, please add it to the website. Kelso is taking claim for both locations, but that's not that's not right. Cause no. 4B Allie, AG. Was, uh, AG, AG had that. the 4Bs. Yeah. I mean, if, if, Ke- if Kelso has another location, he, he, he did Neil's Grill and Bar. For you sure. Meals? Okay, there you yeah. go. In Man. Tennessee. Tennessee. So if there's another location that we need to add, Gomer, go ahead and hit the website up and uh, submit that for me. That's right. Thank you. I wonder if you get enough data points collected, did you find a distribution of erotic photo hunt in the country? Like, is there going to be hot spots? You're going to find oh. it a lot more in the south is than you would <laughs> out in the northwest? I, maybe. That's a good question. It'll be fun to put analytics on this data. I really want to do some an- analysis on this data. But ultimately, like, we're just looking to become the home for erotic photo hunt. Yeah. Yeah. 
That might be, sadly, that might be our only legacy. <laughs> Nobody came for the coffee or the code or the or the banter. Nope. But they sure love the erotic photo hunt. <laughs> it's the one index that never gets old, man. Like people keep it going. Exactly. That's how things happen. They happen accidentally. I mean, people don't just, you know. You start out with on one path, and then you quickly pivot to something else. Eventually, this is going to have to become like a more sophisticated app. We're going to have to make it so that you can uh, say, yep, I found it. Nope, it's not there anymore. Well, what you I know. could do is I could. I don't really feel like doing this right now, but maybe maybe this summer or sometime I'll get back into mobile development again. Oh. And we could try try it out with Flutter version next. There you, know, you go. And could make the erotic photo hunt app by the Coffee and Codecast. I love it. And you can just add locations and thumb it up or thumb it down. Perfect. Something like that. Let's keep, do it. Keep it basic. Yep. Keep just, it basic. Yeah. Just a basic directory. Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple, friends. He just added another one, Uncle Louie's in Columbia, South Carolina. Let me see if I got that, Gomer. I hope it's, uh, hope it's added to my, my nice little spreadsheet here. Rainmaker nope, is uh, watching. He just jumped in, dude. Isn't he, are you on jury duty still, dude? Welcome back to the show, Rainmaker. Yeah. Isn't do you he, know where to play Erotic Photo Hunt? Yeah. Do you have any locations? Please submit your submissions. I think we should get the Rainmaker. He's got a really nice uh, man cave slash basement uh, theater bar area. That that high top table over there in the back would be a nice place for a little erotic photo hunt station itself. Oh, that's a good idea. He could make his own. He would probably make his own. He would yeah, have like right. a Raspberry Pi photo yeah, hunt. There's got to be a port for it. You could probably like port it over to the Raspberry Pi. If I wasn't on a work computer and on the work network, I might Google that. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why you got to bring a hotspot. You just yeah. don't want to get busted by the company firewall. <laughs> I think somewhere Adrian's probably at home watching all the <laughs> internet traffic right now. That could be. We may have had a quick blip on the OBS. I'm just getting a little notification that reconnection was successful. Oh, good. So sorry if we lost you there for a minute. I'm not sure what happened there. I didn't see anything. Hmm. It must have been a quick blip. All right. Well, let's let's move on a little bit here. So I'm going to be um, off traveling back to Denver again, my monthly uh, pilgrimage, if you will. It's coming quick. It doesn't. I mean, a month flies by here now. <clears throat> You're doing that next week. Next week. So Wednesday, and normally I would do a Monday through a Thursday. So normally I just record the show there. No problem. But this right. week I'm going to um, fly on Wednesday night. So I won't be able to be on the show. You fly in Delta or Alaska? Delta, of course. Very I don't nice. cheat like you. You cheat in some bitch. I think I got it worked out. I'm going to get both again this year. Oh really? How are you gonna How are you gonna pull that off? I, I well, here's the weird thing, man. Remember, I showed you a couple weeks ago. I was looking at my Delta miles, and I've got almost silver right now. From rollover? Well, the rollover was only supposed to be like six thousand miles, and then I took a trip. I took a couple trips already on Delta, but then it like jumped. It jumped up uh, right around the time that I applied for the new the new card. You know how they changed the cards. Yes. Um, I didn't reapply for credit card. I already have one, but I asked them to send me a new one, the metal one. And um, right around that time, I went back into the Delta app, and I've got now like 22,000 miles. Okay. So, yeah, you might be able to make gold on Delta easily. And on Alaska, I've flown a couple already there, and I've got one coming up, and that's already up to like, well, it's only 4,000, but I only need 20,000 MVP. Well, good. So that's the goal. I'm going to do both. I don't want to get rid of it, man. Like there's perks to having both. SFO, San Francisco International, has a new Alaska Lounge opening up this year in 2020. And so I, I mean, I want to. You got to maintain out. status for that. You don't have to maintain status. You could just buy the lounge pass. It's just more expensive. You can do a one day pass, can't you? Yeah, I think one day pass is like 50 bucks. So you might, I mean, that's probably the better deal, really. <laughs> well, you can get, but I, but I pay 350 for the, um, for the annual pass, all right. access. Okay. That's only like, come on, do the math, man. If that's like 350, seven, seven times. If I go seven times. I don't think you're going to make seven times. Oh, dude, it's easy. I go on both sides. I go on the way there. And then when I land, you know, before and after. So you're going to make three trips? I'm just saying I go like, if I'm going from here to Denver on Alaska. Yeah. Denver doesn't quite count because they have an American lounge instead. But let's just say. Oh, I see. You're saying four four times per trip before. That's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Four times per trip. That cost me a hundred bucks if I did that. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Yeah, you're going to be in Denver. I keep stealing <laughs> your thunder, man. The whole point of this conversation is you're not going to be here next week. I'm not going to be here next week. So who's going to be here and help you out with the uh, with the show? I might cancel it. I don't know. Well, we could. You know, we tried to call Allie Gress. I don't know if you remember that from last week. Now you're now you're adding insult to injury here, brother. <laughs> I'm just saying we saw her on the way out. 
I told you I don't remember a whole she lot. Mentioned, she mentioned interest in being on the show. Yeah, she might. We could try to call her again and see if she'd be interested. I don't want to call her. Really? I don't want Yeah. Call her right now? Yeah, let's just see if she wants to. I mean, we have to talk right. to her for a long time to see if she wants to be a host. I don't think. I don't feel good about it. Okay. I mean, we never talked to her. If you're, if you're uncomfortable because you thought you said something dumb, she never answered. No, that's fine. I'm just, yeah, I'm still a little skittish over last week. I wasn't very, it wasn't my best performance. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured. We'll just, we'll just play it safe. Fair enough. We, we, may, we may reach out to Allie Gress. Next, we may get her on next week. We may take the week off. Could be Woods. You could do it with Woods. I really don't want to do that one by myself. I really want you to be there because okay. he's, he's your friend as well. And I mean, I feel totally comfortable oh. doing it. But And then Kim as well. Yeah, Kim. That's amazing. That's another thing you didn't so, remember. You talked a lot about Kim being on the show. And well, being I do a, remember Kim was going to Frozen last week. She was driving yep. up to wherever that is, was happening. Mm-hmm. And so we did talk a little bit. Of, <laughs> we lost connection with her, I think. And then, uh, I think you're right about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I do like it. Look, th- you know, things started coming back later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was just in the beginning. Um, well, anyway, you can find a co-host if you would like uh, to fill the seat. You have a, a number of options. Ali Kim Woods. Ali Kim Woods. We'll do, we'll, we'll do Woods when you get back, but um, I would like to have somebody on next week. Otherwise, I might just scrap it. We could, uh, we could, I could leave the gear in Denver and you could have Servi on too. Servi could join again. I, that's true. I don't, I don't know, man. Part of my reluctance to this whole thing right now is just that it, we, it's just never a good time. Like, there's just so much going on around the office right now. There's a lot of projects in flight. Um, there's a lot of changes happening with teams and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, man. He wants to hear from Slayer. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> That's good. You're doing great. There you go. Thanks, Slayer. Slayer Slayer'd be happy to know that he's got fans all across the country Maybe now. Slayer should come on. You, could, you, could, you and Slayer could hold down the fort. I would like to bring Matt on the show, actually. That'd be fun. We he's- couldn't talk about technology. But uh, it was oh, it was super funny, man. I got to tell you a quick story about Slayer. Do we have time for a story? Go for it. I mean, I've already been stealing. <laughs> your time we're only anyway. through the show news here. That's the first segment. That's supposed to be five minutes, and we're twenty-two minutes in. But go ahead. That's great. Slayer is uh, Slayer is he manages our elite team. So this is like all the big spending agents that buy lots of leads from us. Yep. And he manages the team uh, that man that has the relationships. And so Slayer in recent months has been getting into some some uh, trouble with SQL queries. He's been doing more analytics and, and querying and that sort of thing. And this morning he blows me up on teams and he's like, for fuck's sake, man, why in the hell does a query that ran yesterday not run today? Like I did not change anything except I added a state or something like that. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I take a look at it he, and, and I swear to God, man, like 30 seconds later I found it because he sent it to me at 10 a.m. And by 10.01, I already had the response out. He was trying to like comment out a line of one of the one of the um, select statements and like you know it's like select star from blah 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 and there were some joins and it was comma this table comma that table well he put the comment line dash dash after the comma so it was like something something comma dash dash okay from and so he was i was like what's the error and he goes error near from keyword from and I go, send me the first 10 lines of code. So he sends me the top of the thing. And sure as shit, I see his mistake. And I'm like, well, dude, you got to put the comments before the comma, dickhead. Cause <laughs> and he's like, oh, he was so excited. He's like, oh, my man. He's like, uh, yeah, I guess I lied. I did modify that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, the first rule of, of tech and help desk is uh, don't trust anything the end user says. Because <laughs> he, Apparently he's like, oh, I didn't modify anything. I just added a state, but. No, we commented lines of code out. Hey, good job, Slayer. Don't worry about it, man. Hey, don't worry about it, Slayer. You're doing great. That's right. You're doing great. So would like to have him on, though. The thing with Slayer we talked about before is that Slayer would be a really good person to have on to talk about um, soccer. Like, I would like to bring him on a separate uh, cast that we don't even have, doesn't exist, to talk about the Sounders preseason and MLS because he is such a, like, the dude should be on SportsCenter talking about soccer. He's just that knowledgeable. Like you could talk. My buddy Will went to Scotland for uh, a vacation, and there's like two teams I've never even heard of: Celtic and something else in the area that were playing. And like Slayer's, like, oh yeah, go see this team, not that team. These players are better than these players, and he knew their names. And like these are, this is not like the Premier League. This is not the Premier League. Like people, like, these are very obscure names in soccer. 
but Slayer knows it all. So. Well, I don't know if you know about this, but the Coffee and Codecast is a, is a tech podcast where we talk about neither coffee or code. Oh, that's true. And uh, everything and nothing. So, you know, uh, you might be able to get away with talking about soccer on the Episode 64 is going to be the MLS preview. <laughs> Tell us about all the big changes in MLS soccer. Slayer. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about... You going to Denver. Me going to Denver, yep. I'm going to Denver. You have anything fun planned for Denver this time? I uh, got a new employee starting. So New hire. New hire. Uh, so getting him oriented, uh, doing a team lunch, team building, all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, that's should cool. Be, should be a good trip. A little shorter than last time or th- than the usual one, but um, it's also, this is the second time this month I've gone, so shortened it up a little bit. I'm trying to go back in April. You want to make that work? I go back every month. So uh, yeah, I go back. Usually I try to go the first first week of the month. The first of the month. Not the first of the month, first week of first the month. week of the month. Get up, get up. You don't know that one. Nope. Come on, man. Your gangster rap. Nope. You weren't bouncing to the gangster rap back in the day, man. Nope. Moving right along. <laughs> All right, buddy. There's a whole lot of question marks here in the news. So uh, fire away. In the news. Yeah, man. I do have a lot of stuff in the news. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your big Tesla snafu. Um, not the car, but like the stock. Oh. Fucking stock was up again $60 today, man. Where did it land? I looked at it again after we talked, and it kind of had to uh, come down a little bit, but a it's still, little, pre- still pretty high. A little bit. Like, this stock has been on fire. Landed at 917 for the day. Yeah, dude, wow. so, like, there was a period probably four or five, six months ago where I told Christina that I was going to take out of my 401k. Yeah. Um, so I have a Fidelity 401k account, mm-hmm. um, and I invest primarily in mutual funds which have been pretty good to me. I've actually gotten very, very, very good returns from these things. Like sure. 50, 60%. Uh, over the period of what? Uh, however long I've had them. That's phenomenal. Man. It's very good returns. Um, what but in it, the hell is going on out there? Sorry. It's, Heard, the, it's the PM drive, buddy. Everybody's honking horns yeah. out there. Um, but anyway, like me and you, we've talked about on this show a number of different times. Like we're pretty bullish on Tesla. We feel like they're going to, revolutionize the industry and, and kind of be here for the long haul, right? We do, yeah. And so originally at that time, the stock I think was trading at like 240 mm-hmm. a share, something like that. Um, and I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to cash out about 20 grand of my 401k and just put it into Tesla stock, which you can do. It wouldn't have like been a problem with my IRA because it's just moving. From one because it's going from investment to investment. Right. So it wouldn't have been a problem. And, and I talked to her about this and she was like, do it. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it. And then I never did it. You just kind of forgot about it. It wasn't a big priority. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what happened exactly. But then now. And there's, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean. Do funny, them, not funny. Yeah, exactly. It would have been a, basically, ultimately, at the end of the day, I lost like 70 grand by not doing that. Son of a bitch. Because the price then would have been, what'd you say, like around 230? 240 or something like that. So yeah. I said 20K. Divided by 240. 240 is about eight, 83 shares. Multiply that by 917. By 917 would be $76,000 now. Oh, that that leaves a mark, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that one. Dis- very disappointed I did not take that, that gamble. That uh, one's got to hurt. Yep. A little bit. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's pretty high right now, but who says it's not done rising? I don't know. Sure, uh, sure, but I mean, man, I, they did offer just recently too that they were going to do like a discounted stock offer because I think they extended the number of shares that they have available. Okay. Um, and they were going to sell these new shares at like a 15% discount or something like that. Yeah, that, that caused a little bit of a ripple because the stock went down initially on that news and then it kind of rebounded. I don't yep. think it really jumped, but yep. um, it's interesting enough, the 32 analyst ratings, um, what I love about this is that a lot of these uh, guys shorting the stock got their asses burned. I mean, funds <laughs> went out of business because of that. Probably true, yeah. But there's, it's still a 44% sell recommendation. 44% sell. Well, I mean, it's, on, it's high. I mean, it's well over its 52. I mean, now that's the 52-week high, but it's way over what it previously had been. I mean, the previous was like 500. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Insane. Missed opportunity. I don't know. You never know how that works. You could have you could have bought it at two thirty, and the thing like they missed their production marks, and the thing went down to fifty bucks. Yep, huge gamble, right? And yeah, I mean, I wish I would have done it, but I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? I well, mean, you never know that. I'm not quite at that level yet, but I told you that Microsoft at forty five seemed like it was high. 
right. at the time. And I thought, I missed the boat. I should have gotten on Microsoft when it was closer to 2030. And it's at 187 today. So I have three shares. I got in at, th- at 150. And it's up to 187. So it's made me some money. This um, is in Robinhood. This is in Robinhood, yeah. Yeah. This thing's been carrying me in Robinhood. I'm gonna, I won last quarter. Uh, I, my little, our little competition. And I'm on target. I think I'm going to win this quarter, too. Nice. I'm up uh, 25% right now the last three months. So what? we're only halfway through the quarter. The last month, I'm up like mm, 13%. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. Oh, wait. That's just for Microsoft. In the last month, yeah, 11%. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Trading's fun. You pay a lot more attention to what's happening there. I was going to give you the stats I mentioned on my Fidelity account here. So I've, I'm, I'm invested in effectively two positions. Um, they're both Fidelity funds, Fidelity mutual funds. Are these like target and target funds or, uh, OTC port. I don't know what that means. Hmm. Um, anyway, so one, what do I have here? So one's getting a return of 65%. So percent total gain and lost is basically what I'm looking at in this column. Uh So one is plus 65% from the initial. So basically 11, I don't know, whatever. Um, 65%, the other one's up 54%. Wow. So both performing crazy, crazy that well. Is, that is just an incredible rate of return. I mean, really, you can't, you can't do, you could do better, but I don't know how you would do it. That's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Generally, if you just put it into a fund, you're hoping for like, what, 8 to 10%. Something like that. Yep. Kelso was telling us that he bought into AMD at $9. At 9 bucks, And they're at 59 right now. Hmm. But I think he sold that at like 12 or... For a loss. I don't think he's still invested. Yeah, because you, yeah, Kelso, didn't you say that you, yeah, I remember that story when he was out here, he was telling us about that. that right. He bought in and sold it. I think he sold it at a loss then. Didn't it go from nine to seven or something? And I don't know. Yeah. Didn't hold on to it long enough, regardless. Yeah, that's a bummer. So uh, what's, what was the Tesla news about? Well, that's what I wanted to talk about was just the share price that has been going bonkers, man. Just keeps going up. I mean, I, I feel like they've, they're due to come back down at some point here, but they, Continue just to keep shooting the moon. Yeah. Yeah, man. Exactly. So that's all I have to say about that. I did see another article that I thought was interesting regarding Tesla that, um, and I don't know how the truth behind this exactly. I saw it as I was scrolling through Reddit where a analyst or a employee of like one of the big automakers like GM mm-hmm. was tearing apart kind of the Tesla hardware um, that, that runs their... Uh, AI and computers and all that kind of stuff that are in the cars. Okay. And they said that they are at least six years ahead of any other automaker. Really? That's impressive. Wow. Yeah. So six years to catch up Damn. to where they're at today, which is kind of like one of the things that Elon keeps, keeps touting is he's like, nobody's made as good of a car as we made whenever the S was released, which has been quite a number of years ago. Right. That was nobody's even hit that mark yet. And that, and that's old news for them. Yeah. Like they're, they're, they're six past years that. past that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it'll be fun to watch and see how far they go. The only other thing I've seen right now that has this kind of lift is, um, like Bitcoin. Is Bitcoin back on a run? Um, I don't think they've like had a big jump in the last few months. They've just been on a steady rise. And so like Bitcoin right now, oh, he sold at 20. So he's still like made some money on that one. He made a whopping 11 bucks. That's not bad, man. You know, you got to take double, more sometimes. than doubled your money. Yeah. You, you can't complain about that. I mean, that's, that's cool, man. This is so for Bitcoin. Well, Ethereum. Is it, we got to get our buddy Rainmaker on here. He's got. He used to be a big investor in Ethereum. He was he really? And he mined it. Oh, doing his own mining too. Yep. Interesting, man. Um, I don't know if he held on to it. I know, like, there was a point where it was super, super valuable, and then kind of that whole Bitcoin crash. I don't know that they had where it really, really crashed down. Like yeah, it went like a year. Crazy high. It was. It was around the holidays a year ago. Like yeah. Not like thirteen, fourteen months ago now. Yep. Because um, I remember thinking at the time it went down, it was it went all the way up to like twenty thousand, twenty five thousand dollars per share per Bitcoin or whatever yeah. per per share, and then yeah, it went all the way down to like thirty two hundred dollars. Yep. And I remember at that time thinking, hmm, I don't have a ton of money laying around, but if I could move something, move some investment money or something like that into that, uh, that would be maybe it's a good time to get into Bitcoin. And it's it just took a little dive today, but it's actually up to. Almost ten thousand dollars. It went Damn. below. It went below ten today. It was above ten for a little bit. It's um, not too bad. What's Ethereum at? But if you look at like if you look at the trend line, three months, a year. I mean, it's really, 
it's had a good run over the last uh, well, three months. Last three months, it shot back up. It was down to 7,000, and then it went up to over 10 again. I don't know. My buddy, Beli, we had him on here, the Bitcoin specialist. He was telling us all about it. I mean, he's very bullish on it. He thinks it's going to be worth much, much, mucho dolores, man. Like he yep. was saying, what was he saying the high in that was going to be? I know people like Draper are out there. We're saying it would go to like two and a quarter million a share. Damn. Um, but he makes, I mean, it's an interesting concept because if it does stick as, as a cryptocurrency, like these things have limited supply and there's having events that happen all the time. So like there will never be any more Bitcoin available than there is right now. Yep. So in theory, if it sticks, it's only become more valuable. So Ethereum is the same kind of situation. So like uh, just prior to April 2018, it was worth 1400 bucks a share. Yeah. Now down to somewhere in the vicinity of like 250, 285, wow. something like that. Wow. So quite a big difference for, you know, somebody who might have had a lot of it. Yeah, man. Um, the other news I wanted to talk about was just Amazon Prime, Amazon uh, one day deliveries. So they've been working towards... Uh, you know, one day delivery instead of their, their prime is two day historically. Okay. There are things that you can get though one day. Yeah. It's so it's been a gradual or tr- same day transition. Yeah. They do have same day as well, but they made a big investment. I was reading about this in the Puget Sound Business Journal um, that they had, they had a, a banner quarter. So like they're, what did they do? Like there, it was $87 billion in um, net sales last quarter. $87 billion. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? That's a crazy amount of money, yep. And it was up from like $74 million like a year ago or something like that. So, I mean, it's just insane growth. A few things I wanted to talk about there is one, so they made a massive investment in infrastructure and, and technology to go from two-day shipping to one-day shipping. And they're doing it. It's, it's paid off. Like they've spent, um, I want to say... <sighs> I can't remember exactly, like $2.3 billion. I don't remember the number, but it was, there was a bunch of stats around how much they invested to make that happen, and, and it's paying off now because, you know, Walmart, everybody else is now caught up to the two-day thing. It's pretty common, right? So that has been huge, that shift. And the second piece uh, is, is uh, oh, I lost my train of thought about that. It was the one-day shipping and... It was their profit margins, man. Like, their profit margins are extremely slim. Like, 5%. Because they reinvest everything. Or what do you mean? Oh. I, just mean I just mean their actual profit. Like, so, so they're, like I said, they did last year $126 billion. Was that $126 billion in 2019? And I think their actual profit was like, 1.5 billion or something like that. Hmm. Okay. Of 126. Huh. It's just very slim. I mean, you think about it, like to have a billion and a half dollars laying around is a pretty big deal, but that's a very small, small, like you got to do a lot to make that happen. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've heard a number of different times from Amazon's perspective, like one of the things they never show profit oftentimes because they're reinvesting everything that they earn like they've they've, done that for a long long time yeah so you know where they might be making a truckload off you know um their e-commerce platform they're redistributing that wealth over to amazon logistics or something to do these different types of Mm -hmm. uh, one-day shipping platforms and other and you know drone deliveries and all these other crazy things that we talk about on the show you know um, delivering to your trunk of your car, you know, just crazy shit like that. Building those platforms out. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're profitable now, though. I mean, sm- small, but they're profitable. Sure. I mean, and if they really wanted to just show, like, straight profit, yeah. I, you know, I think they could easily, on a dime, make a massive profit, right? Mm-hmm. They would just have to discontinue investment in other new opportunities, you know? Right. Not buy Whole Foods, not buy whoever else they buy, you know? Right. So yeah. not expand out Amazon Go. Well, they start a lot of these things and they don't always work too. Cause like that, yeah, the food delivery service went under, but now they have uh, prime now available in 2000 cities in the U S. Yep. And the other point, and I think you brought this up earlier. I don't know if you have this on your list. 
um, I don't know what that profit or sorry that sales figure was, but and and the profit number, but don't pay really a cent in tax. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about as the topic because that's that's been popping up a lot. Like um, Amazon, these mega corps like GE. There's a lot of them out there. It's not just tech, just mega corp in general that is is um, you know pays zero dollars in federal income tax. Yeah, the tech giants are just getting pinged for it because they are. Well, to be fair, they're creating some of this inequality because the tech jobs are high paid um, and they're, they're creating large problems in big cities like San Francisco, Seattle, um, New York, a bunch of other cities um, by creating these very, very wealthy or high paying jobs that, that fill the city and, and make, it a, you know, make these people able to purchase expensive, really expensive homes. So now that drives up the price of real estate and pushes other people out of the city. Right. So it's creating kind of a burden. Um, that, in, yeah, exactly. Like I'm trying to find the article on here cause I should have done my homework earlier today, but you know, it was a busy day at work again. So I didn't have time to update the show notes. <laughs> um, but it was a, it was an art, it was in wired last month. It was, it was in the last issue of wired and it was an article about, uh, Mark Benioff, the CEO of uh, Salesforce. And what the article was talking about was the same thing about how essentially he's been seen as, as kind of a hero, a philanthropist and really big because he's been pushing for corporations to pay more tax um, and says he's OK with it. He's like, I, I want you to tax my company more. I think that's the, how we have to do it. It's the best way to do it. However, like the irony is that they paid zero income tax uh, last year. But why, you know, and I think that's kind of the thing is like you can argue that, oh, yeah, companies need to pay more tax. I think what, what really needs to happen is they need to cl- close all the loopholes that big business is able to exploit to pay no tax. Right. They have a tax burden, but they're able to use high paid lawyers and different ways of sheltering money and all that kind of stuff to moving, avoid moving that. money all overseas and offshore and all right. that kind of thing. So away from it. Yeah. close those things and make them pay their fair share. And that and that wins rather than upping the tax amount exactly you know that they need to pay or something like that this is it right here it's the gospel of wealth according to mark benioff and i and here's the crazy part about so this is what i was telling you about is is in here he's talking about uh he lives in san francisco he lives downtown and so he had recently come out and gave a pretty large grant to uh the schools out there like 67 million dollars for uh improvements to the schools computers technology landscaping playground i mean they didn't they had a very they didn't you know they don't have any money so the playground was like a prison yard they they refer to it as in the article and um you know here he is he comes in and then throws all this money at the schools to to help him improve and upgrade um even introduced this like principal fund and so for every principal in the district that he gave them a hundred thousand dollars discretionary income to decide what would be used for best so a lot of the principals would use it for additional hires. They'd bring on another teacher or two or whatever they could afford to bring on. And then, you know, maybe have some extra monies left over for other things. But, um, you know, they had a big uh, stage set out for this presentation, for this uh, community gathering that happened um, last year. And, and this was, um, I think it was last fall. And so get, gets out there, gets the whole community involved. They're passing out Salesforce T-shirts and pens and all kinds of crazy shit like that and, you know, swag and um, announces that they're giving more money and that they're going to double the fund from 100000 to $200,000. And, and meanwhile, like the, what the angle was being covered here by Wired is that like, well, you created the problem. So, I mean, it's easy to look like the hero now. And, and by the way, $67 million sounds like a lot to you and me, but to like a school district in San Francisco, like that's not even enough to keep the place running. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the amount of money that they would, if they, if we did tax corporations at a, at a reasonable rate that they could actually do something with, with that money. Sure. Like in terms of the budget of the schools of San Francisco, public schools is, is 67 million is probably nothing. Right. Whereas like, yeah, the, if you take their, if you take Salesforce total, uh, revenue and you got the tax number off of that, that would be a significantly larger number probably. Wait, wait, it would be so much more money. I mean, it would be, yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Billions of dollars potentially, especially there with all the tech that and all of the um, income that's there. Right. Right. So that's, that's essentially what they were trying to say. And like we were talking about it, you and me, and that's the same problem that we see with, with Amazon too. And, and the problem that they're having 
in the school district is that the attrition rates are very high. Teachers have to commute two and a half hours into work every day, three hours into work because they're being pushed out of the city by the tech companies that have these monies to pay for million dollar homes. Creates a disparity between, you know, the, the, the tech workers, if you will, the high income workers and the people that, that work the jobs that are, for lack of a better word, like supporting day-to-day mm-hmm. life of these tech workers, right? Like taking care of their children, working um, food service, working, you know, other jobs that maybe aren't, aren't as high paid, but now these people can't afford to live in the city because the, 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 the cost of living has skyrocketed. It's crazy. And just to give you some real numbers around it. So in 2018, Salesforce did $7.8 billion in gross profit. Profit. Just in profit. Eight, almost $8 billion, and they did not pay $0.10 cents in federal income tax. That's crazy. I mean, that's insane. Like, if they, if they paid 10% of that, 5% <laughs> of that, I mean, you're talk, you know, that makes that $67 million gift seem like chump change. Yep. Like, that's probably their office supply bill, you know? <laughs> It's just, it's just ridiculous. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's part of the problem. And, and I don't, I don't really know because I know that he himself has been a bit of a philanthropist. I know he's given away several hundred million dollars, um, to the city and to other causes as well. These are personal funds though, not company funds. That's personal. Yeah. The, the thing he was announcing was a, was a company thing, but, um, yeah, he's been a, a philanthropist in his own right. Which I think is great, but but I and I don't want to discount that. But again, like if you're not paying taxes, if you have ways to exploit the system, then what does it really what, what does that really mean? I mean, it's nice that you didn't have to do that, but if you just paid your fair share in taxes, like the money that would be given back to the city and the community would be a lot larger than your contribution. Yep, and a lot more could be done with that money. Right, and and the same thing you hear. There's a lot of political arguments made here uh, in Seattle about Amazon not paying their fair share. Same exact types of problems, um, creating kind of a disparity between you know the working class and the tech class, if you will. Um, and and there's a couple of representatives that are proposing these new measures to try and force Amazon to pay their fair share or to pay for other things that like help. Um, uh, what do I want to say? Low income housing. Right. Or, or those types of programs to help people be able to affordably live in the city of Seattle since it's so freaking expensive. Um, so, yeah, same problem. They don't pay, I don't think, hard, either very little tax or no tax compared to the kind of money that they're bringing in. And the argument that is made oftentimes is that, well, what they're doing for the economy is so great that, they're, you know, they're hiring thousands of people, giving them employment, income. Um, they're improving the city. They're, you know, they're. I mean, you know, South Lake Union was in shambles before Amazon came in and and before Vulcan came in and built it up. You know, like nobody went down there. It was kind of run down. It was industrial-ish and shitty. It just wasn't a place that you went to. And now it's a destination in its own right. Yeah. So there are those benefits that happen. Um, but, the you know, the question is, though, still the disparity of it. And it comes down to like a greed conversation a little bit because like ultimately what happens like here in Seattle, what they're trying to do is, of course, make Amazon pay their fair share um, or, or contribute a lot of money to, like I said, the, the low income housing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when that started to get really pushed upon, um, Amazon was starting to deal with that, that EC2 or um, their headquarters number two. Right? Yep, Remember yep. that whole conversation? Um, and I think for a while that was being discussed as possibly being built around here. Right. Just in a different like suburb. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as that became uh, a possibility of, of this whole tax uh, increase on Amazon, uh, Amazon was like, well, F you. We're going to go put it somewhere else where we can get a better tax break. Exactly right. Yeah. And Boeing's done similar things like that, too. I mean, they were playing, uh, you know, uh, uh, trying to say they were trying to bargain hard to keep operations here. Well, fine, we'll move. We'll move out of the state. We're going to bring the 787 production to, you know, out of this, out of the state. We're not going to do it here. Yep. If you don't want to cooperate. And so, I mean, on the one hand, you can't blame them. Like they're trying to just, you know, conserve their money just like any other business would. So like on that hand, you can't blame them. So, I mean, you kind of just got to slam the door on that and say like, hey, you know, big business, you can't use these kind of loopholes any longer, um, you know, and I, don't, I guess I'm, I'm not a big fan of the whole idea of trying to milk money out of them in other ways. Just like figure out a way to 
simplify the tax code and make everybody pay the same amount instead of like all these different ways of, you know, well, if you're this, then you can eliminate this money. And if you move the money over here, then you can not pay this money and those I think, types of programs. I think that's exactly right. Like that's where, that's where I'm at with the whole thing is just simplify the hell out of it because right now it's extremely complicated. It's like, it's like anything legal. You have to have somebody interpret it for you. You can't do it yourself. Um, and, and it's really just, and it's complicated mainly for the purpose of benefiting the wealthy and that's it. And, um, I don't, I think the people throw out socialism and like, Oh, the other extreme is that like everybody's on a fixed income. I think there's so many areas in the middle before you even get there. That would just be more fair. You know, um, in the article they talked about a little later on some of the democratic, uh, you know, tax plans and what that would do. And for someone like Benioff, who has like $6.7 billion, he's a multi-billionaire, you know, his tax would be like $370 million on that. He'd still have $6.3 billion left. I mean, when you look at it that way, it's like that money could do so much. I mean, you could get rid of homeless in Seattle, you know what I mean? Yep. And, and at the same time, this dude could still buy like anything he wanted to buy a few times over and... I think that's just it. It's like closing some of the loopholes so that, look, if you, you're not getting penalized for um, building wealth and for creating this, but we're not going to give you a free pass either. And if you don't do the, if you don't do some of these things, like what's the alternative? Like the alternative is going to be like you, you, you know, we talked about this a few weeks back. You wanted to uh, go get yourself a, a burger order from Uber Eats from uh, the old McDonald's, the old McStabby's. Well, guess what? You won't be able to do that anymore because the person that's delivering that <laughs> burger or making that burger or whatever yeah. Can't can't live in the city close enough to where you can utilize I'm that am, service. I'm amazed how people do it now, really, because I couldn't imagine being in the service industry or being a teacher or being something, you know, in, in, in a profession like that where the pay is not at level of um, tech workers or, you know, high a high salary like that, like how you would even do it. Right. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, multiple incomes, living with 15 people. I don't know. Right. It'd be, it'd be really hard to do. Place in Capitol Hill where you like, you know, you share a kitchen and stuff like they have places like that. Yep. Pod, pod homes. Yeah. Apodments. Yep. That's what it is. The apodments. Where so basically you get like 300 square feet and then there's like a shared kitchen. It's like a dorm style. You, but you get, yeah, you get a bedroom and a bathroom, but the kitchen shared on the floor, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. But that's still like a thousand dollars a month or something like that. It's probably more than that. 1500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I didn't come very prepared with this. I'm sorry I didn't give you a chance to review the materials. That's I need to do a little better about that. But I read the I read the article over the last couple of weeks uh, at home and trying to catch up on my mags because I get MIT review and I get wired and a few other things. And it, it's been showing up in a lot of places. I mean, we we know about it from Amazon here locally, but I didn't really know a whole lot about Salesforce um, until I saw this and saw the numbers around it. And I just thought, holy hell, man, like there's, there's a lot of money to go around that um, – you know, would, would certainly help. <laughs> it would help the situation. I mean, we're dealing with it right now with, we have so many problems here, like with, from the homeless to the uh, drug uh, problems and, and the recent shooting that happened downtown Seattle last month um, that uh, we need, we need those resources to, to try to do something about it. Not only that, but infrastructure roads, you know, yeah. simple things like that, that need to be continually maintained. Like the roads in Washington state are, complete garbage <laughs> um, and could use some additional funds for that sort of thing. Um, or we could just buy everybody a hypothetical coffee maker. Now that's a good business, man. <laughs> Spin 2.0. I'm going to start that up. You can send me the money. 600 bucks, man. You know, everybody gets 600, it'll, it'll 600 bones. Here, it'll be here in four years. Be a tax break. The spin tax break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know what to say about that. It's just, uh, you know, I, I applaud what he's doing uh, on one hand because he, he's made big uh, gifts. He's been very generous with his giving, which nobody makes him do. I mean, you look at Elon Musk and he doesn't that's not how he chooses to spend his money. I mean, right now, every he doesn't dime, have any money. Well, he doesn't. Right. He, well, he will in a, in a few months. Supposedly in a few months, he'll be the richest man in, in the world. Yeah, his he had a really I loved his the way he structured that deal. I mean, all the money he made from PayPal went into Tesla and SpaceX and whatever Solar City. And 
he didn't pay himself a salary, but his pay was based on performance. And so it was a really cool contract because only when Tesla's stock went up into what, like $600, $800 territory, did he start checking boxes off where he could start getting uh, his shares released. He's got a ton of shares. Yep. A ton of shares, but they don't actually pay out until the company hits a certain number. Right. Yep. And so, yeah, and they're, they're above that number. So as long as he doesn't, I don't think, I think it, he has like a hundred dollars he can lose, you know, per share yeah. at this point and still be in, in good territory. So yeah, he's, he's poised to suddenly become a very, very rich man. Yeah. I mean, the number of shares that he has and, and the deal that he had was really extraordinary because it was an all or nothing proposition. Like if the company didn't do well, he was pretty much broke. And if the company did well, he was going to be filthy rich. <laughs> but I wish you'd see more of that. I think that's really amazing. Like you believe in what you're doing, but also too, like you're not bleeding your company dry. It's not a WeWork situation where like you're basically, a, you know, charging the company for all for rent for things like for the trip. What, what was he doing? It was like he trademarked we or something like that personally and then sold it to the company for millions of dollars. No, if you suck, you don't get paid. If you if you do great, then you should get rewarded for that. Well, and I would say this. If you, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that think Elon's crazy and he's a quack and uh, annoying and does, you know, weird things. But ultimately, the guy at, at, at the root of, of everything has his heart in the right place. And the whole reason that he started Tesla was clearly not a financial venture because like the odds were stacked against him in an insane level. And the yeah, big like the big um, automotive industry yep. and lobbyists were out against him. Yep. He he strictly wanted to make a vehicle that was more um, friendly to the environment, um, didn't rely on fossil fuels, yada yada yada, and, and ultimately he's done that and he's being heavily rewarded for it, which is pretty awesome. So um, yeah, I think I think he's well deserving of it. I think Tesla's creating you know, they're way out in front of everybody else, um, and will continue to be so for quite a while. There are a lot of cut players coming to the, the electric market, but um, still none of them seem to be able to match kind of what they're doing. But they'll get there eventually. Dude, I wanted to look at this. So here, this is this is crazy, man. So Looking up his deal. Yeah. So he had a pay package worth $50 billion that he would get if the firm was worth $100 billion. And so the stock had to get over 500 That's crazy. If the car maker's price goes above 554, which would value it at 100 billion, um, then he would get a, a 350 million dollar um, installment of a 50 billion pay package. So and they're almost double that. So they're almost double. They're almost worth 200 billion dollars at their current price, like uh, current current share price of 917 or whatever it ended at today. And so, wow, 50 billion dollars would go to him for that. Pretty insane, dude. That's insane. I wonder what he'll do with it. <laughs> Reinvest. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Build another gigafactory. Send more cars to the moon. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Like, he's already doing all those things, and so certainly he could prop those things up a little bit more have, with some cash, but I wonder if you will see more philanthropy from him because he's one of those guys who really hasn't done much. You see, I mean, Bill's out there all the time giving money to, I mean, you know, all kinds of um, vaccinations and health the polio vaccine and like you know all these things. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that or pour money, more money into solar, into the Tesla solar or some you know other other ventures. I wouldn't be surprised to see that's reinvested. But ton of money. He's going to be doing well. Yeah, we'll yeah, doing well. I have one other thing I wanted to talk about, and then we can, we can we can wrap up here. What's up? Um, man? We talked we talked a couple of weeks back. I don't remember how many shows ago, but we talked about. Uh, Tech hiring, and, and we've been doing a lot of that. Yes. Um, you, you hired some people. I've got, uh, you know, one that I just hired. That's why I'm going to Denver. I've got another one that we're going to offer to tomorrow. Um, and as a part of that, we've, of course, been going through interview processes. And, and in the tech industry, there's, you know, that's a fairly complicated interview process. Yes. Right. Yes, you do is. a phone screen. Um, you might do a take-home exercise like we do. Uh, then you might come in for an on-site and then maybe a hiring decision is made beyond that, right? Um, so I've already had uh, a couple of a number of people through this process, probably twelve or more people through the whole process. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, pick some of them, don't pick some of them. Uh, we talked a number of episodes ago about uh, a candidate that I had that, that unprofessionally kind of put emojis in his code. Oh, dude, I remember that. Like this guy was a character. Yeah. So we did 
we he made it through the phone screen. We gave him the take home test. He, he seemed to actually do pretty well in the take home test, but in the in the code, he actually uh, utilized some inappropriate emojis. He put the uh, eggplant in the splash emoji. <laughs> That's a lot of NSFW in one <laughs> code commit. Yeah. So there was that there was that incident, and then in 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 that same incident, he broadcast the entire exercise online. Um, he put it on Twitch or something like that. Yep. Live streamed it. Yep. So it's just fascinating to continue to go through these processes where people do stuff like this. So yeah. I had another one just the other day. I was in Palm Springs, <laughs> Palm Desert. I remember this dude. And uh, this guy like uh, did pretty well again on the phone screen. Uh, we sent him out the take-home exercise, which the take-home exercise actually, in the, in terms of tech land, our take-home exercise is pretty easy. It's kind of a layup, man. It's not meant to um, trip you up. Yep. It's just really to see your approach. Right. It, and, and to see like how far you take it. What are you what are you going to add on to it if anything? You know, make sure you have the basic skills to put something together. We're trying to just like gauge your day-to-day, what you do day-to-day. We're not trying to trick you none of that. So, uh, I send him the the exercise and he emails me back a day and a half later. Yeah. And basically says like something to the effect of like, well, first of all, he lists off like 15 other companies that he's interviewing with. That was bizarre. And then I saw this and it was just crazy to yeah. me. And then follows up that with well, I, want, I have questions about the take-home exercise because really what it feels like you're doing is just making me build a half-baked API. Yeah, like, like why are you wasting my time yep. with this kind yeah. of thing? I'm way better than this. Why are you, yeah. It was a very different approach. I've never seen it done before. It was very <laughs> cocky, though. It's just like, well, hey, I haven't gotten back to you because like, these important people are reaching out to me and these big people want to talk to me and this right? company really wants me. Um, you know, so, and, and really, like, I don't really have time. It kind of reminded me of, like, I watched Goodwill Hunting recently. Do you, do you remember that movie? Did you oh, watch that? Pieces of it. And so, like, you know, Will is, like, from Southie and, and like, grew up in foster homes and got beat up in, as a kid. And just him and his friends are pretty scrappy guys. And so when they discover his talents in math, like, he starts getting job interviews at the for the NSA and all these crazy government contracts and private companies. And so he just doesn't want to go to the interview. So he sends Matt Damon, sends Ben Affleck over his best friend to like dress up in a suit oh, that's right. and pretend like he's him. <laughs> and he's like basically sitting there like just talking shit to these guys and like, look, you're gonna have to give me a retainer, you know, like if you want me to even think about taking this job. And so he makes them like reach into their wallets and pull out like all the bills they have. And he takes like a couple hundred bucks from these guys and leaves. <laughs> but it kind of reminded me of this asshole. I mean, like who comes in and just like boasts about every interview that they're getting. And I don't know that guy apparently. I mean, like, clearly didn't want the job. Because, I mean, he, I, I followed up I don't, with him. I tried to, like, give, give him a call and left him a voicemail. And, like, yeah. I was like, hey, man, I'm Kyle. I'm, I'm the director here. I want to, like, see what your questions are and, and move along. And he never never replied to the email. So, oh, clearly, okay. clearly he's out. Clearly he was too good for the job and self-selected out. See, is, I, I thought it was actually the other situation where maybe the guy wasn't very good and he was just trying to come off overconfident. Oh, maybe that's true. That could be. I hadn't considered that route. I, I look at it as this. Like, kind of you gave the Goodwill Hunting reference i give the reference of like my wife loves to talk about how shitty dating is for females oh yeah like she and all like the, just the crazy shenanigans that dudes will do you know and i'm just like <laughs> she'll tell me these things and i'm like that can't be real like yeah. that's not real she's like oh no this this kind of shit happens like this is the same thing like i'm like do people do this shit yeah 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 like is this really like semi-normal i'm like to me this should be like one in a hundred one in a million you know I don't know. Apparently, it's not that rare, but really strange. It's just it, it's it's mind blowing to me too. I just haven't. Maybe I'm too inexperienced. It just surprises me what people do. The level play. of like non professionalism. Of course, like like uh, yeah. Is that is that a generational thing? I don't think so because I think it just I don't I don't know. I could never imagine in a hundred years pulling something like that with somebody. Oh, millennials! Damn millennials! There you go. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Damn kids! Uh, there you go. That's funny. Well, we managed to barrel through another hour of 63 and a half. Yeah. Coffee Code Cast signing off. Christine, thanks for joining us. Kelso, uh, Rainmaker, Kim. We had a good crew on tonight. It was nice to see you all coming in. Hope you have a great week. Thanks, everybody, for doing that. Yeah. uh, Thanks, everybody, for, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, our artwork is provided by Yurnay. The Gentle Giant. Check out his artwork at www.coffeecodecast.com slash gentle giant. Check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter. Email us at coffeecodecast at gmail.com. Podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. 
And you can find us on our website, www.coffeecodecast.com. Lex, just had to say it's not uncommon at all. 17-year HR employee here. So well, what I'm do naive. we know? Good to know. Unbelievable. The Good world's work. going to hell now. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this crap. Anyway, uh, tune in next week. Give us a review. And uh, we'll see you here. Same time, same place. Thanks for putting up with Mike's bullshit. Sorry about that. I owe you one. Good night, guys. Good night, guys.